0: Well, the game is over. The Suns have lost, and you're here. You're joining the Suns Therapy Session podcast. The Suns have lost to the New Orleans Pelicans and now find themselves 11-9 and nine on the season. They went 2-1 and one on a quick little three-game road trip, and now they're headed back to Phoenix. They've got a seven-game homestand awaiting them. Matthew, what an ass-kicking. What a national, nationally televised ass-kicking that was.
1: Yeah, I didn't expect that. Oh, wait, maybe I did because that's just the way the season has been going, really, for the Suns. A lot of the league, I feel like these games, the teams that should win aren't winning. The Suns are just falling into that category. I wish I could help them out, tell them how to how to fix things, but I, I have no idea. I have no idea how to do this or what's going on with the Suns, man. Yeah, how, how are you feeling?
0: Inconsistency. You know, it's a challenge. It's things that coming into this game... I was kind of questioning whether or not Jay Crowder should be starting or not. Obviously, Cam Johnson got the got the start, and we had talked about it a little bit on the last pod. How you know it's not necessarily how you start the games; it's how you finish. But when you look at a front line like Zion on Steven Adams, you want somebody who can at least body up Zion Williamson going into this game. Yeah, Zion has a great game on ESPN. Uh, I, I switched off the ESPN feed as soon as I could. When I, once I realized that no matter what, it was going to be the Zion show. And yep. you know what? The Suns let it happen, too. There's no two doubts about it. You know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, we beat the shit out of the Pelicans earlier in the season. They respectfully returned the favor this evening.
1: Yeah, it's scary. I mean, the Pelicans, they really have one option. If they want to save the season, they need to beat teams like the Phoenix Suns. So they're going to come out swinging. I hate to use that, but that's the way, you know, they they literally came out swinging those elbows, doing whatever the hell they wanted against the Suns down low, draining threes, whatever it took to really win, to turn the season around. They've they were terrible this year. The Pelicans are just god awful, especially like the last twelve games of the season have been miserable. So to turn it around now, of course it happens against the Suns, but the Suns need to be prepared for that. That's the next step they need to take. It's just to come out and play aggressive to get these games over with quick, like the Pelicans did tonight.
0: Exactly, and and the key is you know the Pelicans are a horrendous team defensively, and the Suns came out and played horrendous defense. You know, I I hate that moniker playing to the level of your competition and that's the suns this year so far, even Dallas. I mean, that's a team who technically was eight and 13 and some, you know, in one of those games and, and we played kind of to their level. We barely beat them in the last game. And you know, this is just one you guys got to take on your chin. It was not a good performance all the way around, very stagnant on offense. A lot of, a lot of activity on offense that led to zero points. And I was noticing that early on. And, and obviously there's a lot that we'll cover here. I don't want to spend an hour probably tonight talking about the Phoenix Suns getting right. uh, just boned on national television in front of a live studio audience and everybody on the ESPN <laughs> just loving it. You know, I mean, we're Suns fans. We know what we saw. Yeah. We saw dog shit tonight and there's no two ways about it. So, nope. uh. For those of you who are loyal enough to join the Suns Jam session live, we truly appreciate appreciate it. Remember, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you're listening on the Bright Side Podcast Network, kudos to you as well. Even after a loss, you want to sit and kind of hear what our observations are on this team. It's pretty basic. Uh, They suck tonight. Um, But if you are watching (laughs) on the YouTube channel, go ahead and hit the thumbs up and Mm. subscribe. Hit the little bell. lets you know that we go live after every game. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Matthew Lissy. And I got to ask Matthew, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Just water. Keeping hydrated. You know, got a migraine yesterday. I was getting too crazy with these podcasts drinking beer with you, John. I just can't hang with you, man. So I got to switch it back to water. My well,
0: apologies. It was a tough night tonight. So I made a double oh. old fashion. God, double dude, look baby. Look at that
1: beautiful thing, and dude. That's be, nice. And
0: by the be done by the end of the podcast. So cheers, right. fun fans, fans. Uh it's just, just one of those days.
2: It's just one of them days. When I wanna be all alone, it's just one of them days. When I gotta be all alone, it's just one of them days. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was an embarrassing loss tonight for the Sun. <laughs> 123 to 101 on national yeah. television. And it was a decent game up to that point. You know, there are some observations and takeaways from a game that is pretty much a, flo- a throwaway. But I got to know, Matthew, coming into this game, did you hope that this was going to be the Etwan Moore revenge game?
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't think about that till right now, but I wish I would have thought about that. Now, you know, I kind of forgot he's from the Pelicans, but he started out great, man. I mean, he was actually playing point pretty well. He had some shots in the paint, uh, missed a few, but he, he was passing the ball around. I think he had like one assist tonight with Aiden, but I mean, he, he did better. He's improving when he's getting these minutes, so it wasn't terrible to watch him play tonight. I mean, I thought he did a pretty good job. Do you think he like he, he lived up to the expectations? You thought he would come into this game?
0: Yeah, I mean, and those expectations were very, very little. I just thought it was funny, you yeah. know, Etwan Moore playing his former team, uh, not looking for Too much, but but knowing that he had an opportunity tonight and came out two or th- two for three from the field, seven points. Uh, none of those, you know, five in the first half because that's only the only thing that really mattered in this game. The, the Suns were just absolutely horrendous starting in the third quarter on, uh, but it would it would have been nice to see Etwan Moore come out and I, and. Uh, but, put out a little revenge out there for his Pelicans, you know, the team that let him go, you know, yeah. not like he's somebody who necessarily uh, was of greatly wanted by their fan base or a key cog mm-hmm. of their success. Uh, obviously the big thing that I, I put out there, you know, the Suns jam session, Twitter, we put a poll out at the beginning of the game and we said, seeing as the Suns are playing against Zion tonight, would you prefer, who would you prefer to start at power forward? And Kaminsky got three point seven mm-hmm. votes, and we currently have three hundred twenty four votes I voted on for this. Kaminsky. Yeah, so I'm like, there's always that might guy. As, the-
1: you might as well try. You might as well try it, huh? <laughs> the yeah, but uh, was it Blaze Megatron? Who who just said that they put in? Yeah, the boogie trend said that Frank and Aiden played together in fourth, which will look kind of decent, I guess. But yeah, anyway, so I was right. Well, no, that but
0: that, but that's <laughs> a good point though on Frank Kaminsky at the at the very end of the game. They put, them, they put them in, you know, as the boogie trend says in the chat, Monty tried Frank and Ayton at the same time in the fourth, but a little too late. Yeah, once they put them in, it was a 6-0 run for the Suns. And all of a sudden you realize like, oh, if he spins off of one guy, he, there's another big body there to stop him. You know, I mean, Zion yeah. had a game. You got to give Zion credit. You know, he is obviously a force of nature. He's a, he's a very, I wouldn't say one-dimensional, but like one-and-a-half-dimensional player. Down low, he's a beast. He's got an unbelievable second step. He's got the ability to dunk the ball. He's got the ability to be, you know, he's quick. And I think that's what's crazy about him is his unbelievable quickness. And he had 10 of New Orleans' first 16 points, five Mm -hmm. offensive boards. And some people might look at that and be like, well, where's D.A.? D.A.'s on Steven Adams. Like, D.A. needs help. And that's why I posed the question uh, via our Twitter whether or not or who do you think should be starting at that power four position, 81.2% yeah. of the Jamsters voted, and they said Jay Crowder. Mikhail Bridges got more of a higher percentage than Cam Johnson. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you know me, I'd never really wanted Cam Johnson to come into the starting lineup, so I never wanted to actually have to ask that question because I knew we'd be in trouble. If I mean, if we're asking these questions right now when we're losing games and we need to start J at the four, then it just needs to be done now because it's going to happen sooner or later, so just do it now because Cam is struggling. I feel sorry for the guy. Sometimes when I see the second unit out there, I just want Cam to be there with them. I want him to like try to lead the charge there. I know he's just a three point shooter right now, but he needs to evolve his game on the bench, and I think he would really strive there. But with Zion and the matchups, I really don't think you can really stop him. And I don't think that's like the biggest reason we lost this game. It was like you said earlier, it was like uh, Aiton needed help under the glass he needed help for another body under there to help him box somebody else out because zion and adams and whoever else can sneak around anybody because no one was boxing out they would just pick up the glass the pick up the rebounds i mean the rebounding differential wasn't too bad but it was just like eight he needed help underneath and i just don't think he can really help with zion as much as I mean, if we had an all lead defender on him, Zion's just ridiculous, dude. I think when you look at him, the first thing I thought was, "When's he going to play like a villain in a Stallone movie, like the next Expendables?" That's the <laughs> way he looks out there, dude. The guy is scary. I just don't think anybody could stop him. Did you feel the same way though? Even if we had like a good defender on him?
0: Yeah, tonight. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that consistently he is has the ability to do that. Uh, yeah. But he does have when the when the opposition gives him an opportunity to do so he he can do that i mean he's what did he average in the month of january 26 points per game he's really starting to open up his game and find who he is as an offensive player and he's just he bulldozes people i mean he is he is a man amongst men and he's 20 years old and it's so hard to try to come up any try any kind of nba comp for the guy because they're just he's truly a one of one there's I've seen a lot of players. You know, Charles Barkley's probably the closest thing I saw. But Charles Barkley was like six four. Zion's six six and just a brick fucking shit house. Mm-hmm. And he, there's no stop yes. in his quickness, his second step, his second jump. It's just it's any it's an elite skill set that's only going to improve. Unfortunately for the Phoenix Suns tonight, they were on the the end of that and had a mm-hmm. front row seats to him. Just kind of doing whatever he did. I mean, he would jump up in the air. And adjust mid-air to get a layup off. And, you know, I, w- I I thought, in all honesty, early in the game, after I saw a couple of those, I'm like, why don't they bring uh, Damian Jones in mm-hmm. for a f- couple of And just foul him, you know? And I, I wouldn't say do a-, a rough foul or a foul that's illegal, but just, like, you know, push him a little bit. Give him mm-hmm. a little shit, you know? Just let him know that you can't come down here and just have- do whatever you want down there. and But knowing Zion... He's that good. He could have the ability to adjust to whatever we threw we threw at him if we tried that strategy. So, you know, kudos to him. 28 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds, 12 for 14 shooting. I mean, it, it sucks yeah. to have the Suns lose, obviously, especially by 22 points on the last game of a three-game road trip. But, you know, watching Zion is, is fun. I, it, it sucks when it's at your expense, especially when there's alley hoops. I mean, it's frustrating, yeah. but at the same time, yeah. like you have to respect that talent. He's not somebody... Did you, did you, how many times you see him cry tonight about a, a call? How many?
1: Never. I didn't None. see any, right? I that's what you that. want to watch, right? That's what you want to watch in the opposition, especially his second year. He's not He's not crying. I think the game is just really easy for him. And I, 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 I like to watch him, of course, but he does these moves, like the spin move he did for the LU. But it's like, I saw Aiden do that too. So you know that's in Aiden as well. But my only question is, how come there was a few times when Aiden would. Was guarding Zion and Zion kind of passed up the opportunity to go at him. So I, I know Stephen Adams is there, but. Steven Adams like could you just put a body in front of him and have maybe Aiden take over and play against Zion but I feel like Zion did have 28 points tonight he could have done more I feel like the damage could have been worse but it wasn't it was like they kind of halted him a little bit in the second half I don't know if it's the Pelicans just went away from him because they were just shooting threes well that's what everything they were yeah they're just making their threes. But I just I wanted to see Aiden on Zion. I know Aiden had to deal with Stephen Adams, but Aiden to me just looks like he's very fragile next to Stephen Adams, getting pushed away, not putting a body into him. He's like scared to get hurt against the guy. So I didn't want to see that anymore. Switch it up a little bit because Aiden wasn't doing anything on Stephen Adams either.
0: Well, it's it's technique, and that's that's where I will give to. Uh... To Steven Adams. I mean, he had the technique. He knows how to do the swim moves and get under Aiton in the in the matter. You know, if Aiton's a half second yeah. being lackadaisical, boom. There's Stephen Adams getting that board. I mean, they killed us on the offensive boards, and that isn't just Aiton. That's the fact that he had no help down there at all. You look at the offensive rebounds. They ended with 12 rebounds on the glass. We had 11. Uh, But a lot of that came late in the game. I'm not going to give too much credit to that. We really didn't do a good job on the boards until kind of garbage time. We were getting pretty much owned there. And obviously the thing that absolutely killed us was the fact that they shot lights out from three. I mean, we had a a very solid third quarter. We scored 28 points. They scored 40 on us. They went, I I forget what the statistic is, in the third quarter. They went six for 10 from three in in the third quarter. And they went 11 for 19 overall in the second half after having a first half in which they shot three for 14. So they just caught fire from downtown. We can't hit the broad side of a barn, 22% from three-point land. And here was an interesting statistic I looked up during the game, and this is one of those those fun ones that just pisses you the fuck off. Why can't the Suns hit any wide-open shots? (laughs) Ninth in the league currently in wide-open shots. 25.2% of our shots come with a defender over six feet away from us as we're shooting. We're 25th in the league in field goal percentage in wide open shots at 41%. Yeah. The Suns can't hit wide open shots, and it's frustrating.
1: Yeah, it sucks to be a fan watching and just like not even counting them to make it. You know, those were the shots where even last year, feel like they struggled there too as well. But this year, they're so wide open because of how much they can spread the offense and how many knockdown shooters they do have. And Cam Johnson's just really struggling. Booker missed two wide open shots. He could have made a couple t and then shot the ball, but it was impossible for him to drain it. The only way he can make shots really is the mid-range right now, just getting the ball over a body. I mean, that's where he really is doing the best at right now. But those it drives me nuts because I think that they really have something going on offense. You can even hear Monty in the huddle when he was talking on ESPN when they were talking about or where he was actually saying, we're playing our game, we're just not knocking out the shots. Kind of true. We just were not making the threes. But also, I mean, they just got outbodied by the Pelicans. Also, I just think that the three is going to come again. It's going to come in and out of every game. Right now, it's kind of like we're playing like one out of of four games, maybe, that we're actually doing well from the three-point land. And what is killing me is Cam and Mikael still shooting it like they're shooting 50% from the field. They didn't start taking the ball down into the rim or towards the rim to maybe the third quarter the fourth quarter and you saw a little bit of an improvement there i mean cam hit some really good shots in the paint i love to see that i just i want to see more of that you know monsters in the mid-range that's between chris paul and Devin booker but these guys they can shoot the mid-range too as well cam johnson and mikhail bridges i just want to see more of that i just until the three really gets going like we just need to we need to get to the rim more and we need to make sure that we're going to have Good-looking shots. Even though we're wide open from three, they're just not coming. They're not falling down right now, and I don't know why. I It's a slump that they're in. It's a really bad big-time um, big time slump right now. So just get that fixed, right, sons? It's that easy. It's that easy. It. Just,
0: just knock down your three-pointers. I mean, you look at Mikhail Bridges in the last six games now, five for 27 from downtown. That is 18.5%. Okay, 0 oh, for 7 tonight from downtown. Mikel Bridges just doesn't have the three-point stroke. He scored 24 he's points in that game it, against Denver. Well, he's had a, he's had a couple of one. He, he went 6 for yeah. 8 twice this year. 6 for 8. He had a 34-point 6 for 8 performance against Indiana and a 6 for 8 three-point performance against the Denver Nuggets. And other outside of that, he's really kind of struggled, especially as of recently. He hasn't hit a three-pointer in the last 3 games. Or last yeah, he's shooting. Oh,
1: yeah, he's shooting forty-one percent. I just, I feel like I just watch every miss he he shoots. Like every shoot, every shoot, every three-point attempt he he throws up there. I feel well, like that's I just how watch hot him miss he it.
0: started this year, and that's why we were loving yeah. the fact that we were getting bonus points from Mikhail Bridges. Was everything that he does is bonus, in my opinion, because he's your number one defender. He's the guy who has to take on the toughest matchup, whoever that may be on the opposition. I mean, the first play of the game, he was on Zion. So yeah. if he can hit, score you some points, that's great. But when he starts going desolate from downtown, there needs to be some adjustments made. And that those adjustments need to be, hey, don't shoot it. But look at Devin Booker, too. I mean, Bridges and Booker combined 0 for 11 from downtown. Cam Johnson, 2 for 7. I mean, just down the line. I mean, we shot 22.9% from downtown tonight. We didn't give ourselves an opportunity to to score any points while the opposition is sitting there stroking it from downtown. Like it's nothing. I think I've said downtown like six times now. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those games that you just have to kind of don't even watch the the game tape on. It was just shit. It, there, there was nothing positive to take from this game. CP3 didn't have a great game. 10 points, four assists. Devin Booker had the 25 because he got hot late in the third, but that was on 20 shots, nine for 20 from the field. DA 13 and 11. I mean, just kind of across the board, the fact that the Suns scored over 100 points, I'm, I, I guess I should be happy with that because everything uh, – th- this team just outplayed us. The Pelicans were pesky on defense. Every time we got the ball, they were in our shorts. The Suns were actually doing a lot of really good cutting early on in the game, but the problem is they cut, they'd have a wide-open layup, and they dish it out. Then they cut, they'd have a wide-open layup, and they kept doing this yep. dish shit. And then they're breaking a three at the end of the possession. I mean, you do that so many times in a row, you're just not going to win. It was a very ugly loss tonight.
1: And I, they would get close to the rim, and it's not like the Pelicans. Shot blocking is not really a big issue, I feel like, with the Pelicans. No one can really jump over a nickel besides Zion, but Zion's not really that kind of guy yet, right? I mean, if you get into the rim, just lay it up. You're going to draw the foul. I think the Suns, especially Booker, was getting to the rim in the first, and I hate when that happens, where you're seeing Book get some good looks inside the paint, drawing the foul. It's like, keep keep at it. I know it's, it's more draining. The energy is going to be gone. But we, we just need this in this type of game. And then in the third quarter, it became the book game. In the third, he scored 13 of his whatever points tonight. 25, yeah. <laughs> 25, sorry. I have to look over really quick. He he had a great quarter, and then all of a sudden, that he was like the only offense really the Suns mm-hmm. had to look forward to. There was nothing else there. And I was just thinking, like, where's Chris Paul? Where's What are they trying to set up offensively? Like, what are you seeing, John? Is it just stagnant? they're just a lot of watching. I know that... Aiden was watching a lot. He was doing the Aiden watch on himself, just watching himself out there play. And I, he wasn't moving at all. And they had that one alley-oop to him, but it's like, dude, yeah, throw it up over the defenders to give him the ball. I don't know. I, I just think that Booker tried to take over. He couldn't. I thought the only way we would win is if it was another game like last night where Booker took over and Chris Paul. But this can't be the Suns' offense moving forward, right? This can't be the way the Suns have to go into the third and fourth quarter. Is like we only have Booker and we only have Chris Paul that can score. It's like we need to get Aiden and Mikhail involved with to set up plays with to do something to get these guys going so we don't have to... like. Have another blowout or another close game where we should be blowing these teams out that are really pathetic.
2: Well, I, it's
0: it's a couple different things. One, the the fact that we didn't hit threes is paramount because our, our offense isn't, is. <laughs> isn't really our offense is, isn't really stagnant. We're getting the shots that we want. We're just not knocking them down. From, watch twenty twenty one. I mean, yeah, he, he's watching too because he's watching the team. Not feed him the ball down low and take those three pointers and then they're long rebounds and he's trying to get him. I mean, he was doing a really good job rebounding the mm-hmm. ball tonight, but he just, you know, wasn't he didn't get really an opportunity to do what he could he couldn't cook tonight. And he's also getting yeah. owned on the other side. Did he want to though? I, I really like what Joe Morales said in the YouTube chat. We need a true six foot eleven power forward to start. We miss Dario right now. You know, he's only what like six ten, but still like having <laughs> Dario having that depth right there. You, you. this yeah. is the kind of game you could have started Dario technically and you would have enjoyed it so
1: yeah I mean that would be crazy right for him to come back and be a starter but just, just I don't some want certain that to be matchup issue
0: like that. tonight I mean
1: yeah but then also there's times where like Aiden's out of the game and you have Zion in uh I keep wanting to call him Brad Steven Stephen Adams and they're in but Aiden's not there but then also Zion comes back in when Aiden's resting it's like I feel like I wish Monty would be able to match these guys up better to where okay steven adams coming back in or zion put in aiden put in somebody don't leave this second unit on the floor with zion coming in i like i would like him to match these guys up so it's like aiden what's he the best at defending right now so what you need to do is when their best offensive player is in the game and zion just have aiden in there to help out Like Just Mm -hmm. mirror their minutes in a way. I want to see more of that, but I I just don't like the mismatches that are there. It's like, oh, it's only the first quarter for two minutes, but then Zion comes in and just kills it. You know what I mean? It makes a difference. I feel like you just need to match those minutes, if they can, unless there's just something I'm missing, but I don't know what you think
0: about that. Again, those those minutes don't matter if you're imposing your will, but if when you're not imposing your will and you're letting them impose their will, then you're playing mm-hmm. their game. Again, if we're, if we're knocking down some of those shots, then we don't have an issue here. Then it's all of a sudden they they're playing a different kind of uh, game because they have to, if, yeah. if we're up 10 points in this game, they're not feeding Zion consistently down low. They start shooting the three and they become a little bit more predictable. And we have an opportunity to potentially stop that. So I don't know technically what the answer is. Again, I'm not going to read too much into this game. It's kind of a throwaway to me. Yeah. But I, sure. but I will say this, Suns fans, misery loves company. So why don't we bring in a fellow Suns fan who's probably just as pissed off as everybody else? Uh, if they're if it has to do with the Phoenix Suns, he's going to make a video about it. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Suns Geek.
1: <laughs> hey, Suns-Gee, what's up? How man? you doing tonight, hey. my friend? <laughs> hey, can you, can you guys <laughs> All right, take okay? over. Yeah. Just take over, dude. We're out of here, right? Okay. It's, it's your podcast now.
2: Okay, so first off, Yes, my name is Suns Geek, and if it has to deal with the Phoenix Suns, I'm going to make a video about it. On the exception of nights like this, where the Suns don't deserve for me to make a video about them, because oh, no. like they, did, they didn't even like show up tonight. Like I said, in the, I said on Twitter and I said on the chat. Can you guys explain to me how this is an apparent top ten, top five defensive team? Because I don't see it. Now I get it. We're in we're in an unusual season, unusual circumstances. It's still early. I know the Phoenix Suns are going to make the playoffs, but like I don't see how this is a top ten defensive team. Forty points for the Pelicans in the third quarter is unacceptable. That is yikes. yeah, they
1: they couldn't <laughs> miss. But what you could have made a video of is maybe Javon Carter <laughs> standing on the sideline. He was standing up almost the whole game. I mean, he had a really great pose the whole game. Mm-hmm. So. I would have made a video about that. I mean, it was really fun to watch him.
0: The one positive from tonight is the fact that Javon Carter is standing (laughs) up. And I think, you know, Brandon, that's a good question. How is this a, a, a top 10 defense? You know, it's, it's graded on a curve. You know, it's like Lace Bacon says (laughs) in the chat, you know, the substitute teachers here, Uh, we're grading on a curve. You know, they've had some really good defensive nights. They, uh, Mm -hmm. they just got blown out in this one. And I think that, we were talking about right before you came on, the fact that when we, there's a s- very select amount of teams that truly have power down low. And the, and New Orleans is one of those teams. They've got Steven Adams and Zion Williamson. Yep. When you go up against the Lakers, they can throw some really powerful, big lineups at you. And those are lineups that the, the Suns are going to have a problem with because across the board, our front line is finesse. DeAndre Ayton is not a power player. Cameron Johnson is definitely not a power player. So if you're throwing <laughs> finesse against power and then you're allowing them to impose their will with that power, you're going to play their game. You're going to lose it. That's kind of what I think happened tonight.
2: You know, it's funny too, because we drafted Jalen Smith, you know, to apparently address a need at power forward. And I understand that Dario's out and Dario really is a big impact on this team. And who knows what our record would be if we had both Sarge and campaign, but like, something it's something's not clicking with our power forwards and our big men right now it's bad and you said the key word it's finesse we are completely finesse damian jones is finesse because that dude can jump out of the building (laughs) but we saw how bad he was early in the preseason and the regular season but man i don't know and like again like i'm trying not to overreact about this game i'll admit i've been super guilty about criticizing this team I've been super guilty about being negative. Yeah. You know, from time to time. You guys know me. I normally keep it super positive with this team. But the reason I've been so down on this team is because I know how good they can be. And last time we played the Pelicans, we saw that we beat the game was over at like halftime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This time around, the game was over at like the end of the third quarter. It was it was bad.
1: Yeah, your expectations <laughs> are just through the roof. That's the yeah. way it is right now. It's like we expect to win these games and like based off of just having Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, this whole team together, yep. we've seen them play at a high level. It's just the consistency is not there. But I mean, we we have a reason to be down about it because we want them to play every game like it's their last. Because that's what we yep. see in Chris Paul, that's why we love Chris Paul. And John said on Twitter today where he's like, I think Chris Paul is gonna like something like gonna be my favorite Suns player by he's the time. Rapidly this is all over with.
0: approaching yeah. one of my top my, you know, one of my favorite Suns players. And then the second half yeah. happened and I was like, I redact that statement. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's how much we love this team right now. That's why it hurts. But I mean, I'm I'm pretty calmed down right now. So it's nice to have Suns Geek come in here and be a little flaming. you know, <laughs> or a little exactly. upset. Excuse my language. Well, well and I, I agree oh, with you though,
0: Brandon, and and Matthew, you know, because the negativity, you kind of feel like it's everywhere, and you know that Suns Twitter. I mean, the conception of Twitter came about when the Suns sucked, so it's always been negativity. So even like when we're doing well, we don't know how to respond. And yeah. I was listening to the Fanny and the Flames podcast today, and Justin made a really good point. And he's like, you know, in the past when the Suns lost, you'd be you, you never were upset because it was expected. Like when they lose now, you're truly frustrated because you really expect them to win. New Orleans is a team coming into this game. On our last podcast, we have our jam session predicts segment and matthew and i both predicted a win yep. and we both got it wrong you know and, and then we'll come out we'll play a, a really good team we'll play up to the competition you know that's why like i'm scared about the pistons game on friday it's like shit this oh, is another uh, one where we we lose it you know because man, we're not you not know the we all know what happened last
2: time in that pistons game too we were there in the first half and then we just left during the second half that was one of the worst losses you know, obviously this season in in Suns history, that was my first rant video too. I was like, this is (laughs) so bad. And then we saw what happened in that Washington game. We saw what happened in this game and like, I get it. Like we're we're on the road and stuff. And again, I can make excuses all day for the Suns, but this was one of those games you can just tell they were just not in it. Maybe in the first half they were kind of I mean, Mm. it wasn't like a blowout at halftime or anything, but you could tell something was off tonight, but I agree. Like the state of the Suns is so weird because this is a winning team, and again, the Suns will make the playoffs unless yes. everything just collapses. You know, but right now, I don't see how we're a top ten defensive team. That's that's just me, anyways.
1: Yeah, they started well. The game started basically with them just thinking they're going to win the game, you know, keeping it close. And then the third quarter, usually in the beginning of the season, the third quarter was the sun's quarter. Now it's turned over to every opposing team coming out and outscoring the suns. I feel like, and you're right. Mm -hmm. The defense, it is it's top 10, but they have really lost their luster. I think it was like right when, they played the Denver Nuggets and Aiden had those really great games like around that time is basically when the suns seem like an average defense right now. And it could be many reasons, but this season is basically an up and down roller coaster for a lot of teams. Cause you'll see yep. scores. You're like, wait, who's beating who? And this is like, this is, I think this is just the way the NBA is right now because yeah. of everything going on. I, I really think that's just the, besides the Lakers, the Lakers, maybe the <laughs> Sixers, and yeah. maybe the Clippers. I still don't trust the Clippers. Those are the only, only teams I'm like I can guarantee that they're gonna go far in the playoffs. And really,
2: too, like in most seasons, bad teams will beat good teams and etc. But like yeah, this year it's a lot different. There's like blowouts and players are going off for like 50-60 points and all that. It's just a strange year, but I'm trying yeah. to enjoy it and process it all, but it's like this and season, then, you, you, then you have a night a like
0: tonight. and then you just yeah. you're, It sets you back. Because I was excited coming into this game. Mm-hmm. I was super excited. I was you like, too. okay, this could be, you know, the fourth one in a row we will be yep. 12 and eight. I liked the way that sounds like 11 and nine just sounds gross. Yeah. 12 and eight would have sounded so much better coming home for a seven games, uh, home stand. And then they, they shit the bed and you yeah. know, th- there's nothing you can really, you can't point to a specific thing, you know, and Matthew and I were sitting there talking about some things right before he came on. And, you know, I've just come to the conclusion, this is when you throw it away, you throw this one away, you don't look at the game tape, and you just focus on Friday, you go, you know what, you win some, you lose some, we whooped this team's ass, and I'm sure every Pelicans fan early in the season was like, damn, like, we lost by 25 to the Suns now, I know they're improved, but geez, who are we? And this isn't one of those look in the mirror moments and try to figure out like what's wrong. I think Jay Crowder could have started. I know that he didn't come back in the game. They said there was a foot issue. So that's something that we Mm. have to take stock of moving forward. We should get Dario back on uh, Friday, but now we might lose Jay. So, you know, just kind of switch him out right there and kind of (laughs) continue on. So, uh, but you just you can't overthink these kind of things. Mm-hmm. We've definitely been a part of a lot of shitty losses as Suns fans, and this yeah. is just another one. And you just go, you know, and I know I'm going to go to work tomorrow. And every time the Suns lose, <laughs> somebody comes to my office like, "Hey, Suns so lost last night, right?" You know, what, they, what they, happened? They, they, yeah. <laughs> after Devin Booker hits this, you know, big. I thought the Suns were doing meter, good. Yeah, I thought yeah. they were going to be good. <laughs> don't you have a podcast about them? And I I, I shut the door and say, unsubscribe.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, like Sacramento, like they just beat the Celtics. So that's the kind of year this is really, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, unless it's like a back-to-back. It's just that's the way it's going to be. And the Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, I feel like both have kind of disappeared too. I don't think I said that earlier where – I mean, one's on the bench now. They're almost starting. But they just – Both are just disappeared, hiding behind whatever's going on in the offense. Like, I can't find them in the offense whenever they're playing, right?
2: It's weird, too, because Jay Crowder, he can guard your Giannis, He can guard your LeBron, but it's like some games, he's just inconsistent both offensively and defensively. Mm -hmm. I feel like we shouldn't be saying that about Jay Crowder Mm -hmm. and Cam Johnson. I don't know if it's just a sophomore slump, but why can't he hit a three? Like, I, I know he has defensive potential, but the guy can hit threes, but he has not been doing it. I don't even. I mean, I think he's he had starting. like one or two in this game. Yeah, it's two for two seven. And yeah, it's ugh.
1: And that's you know, the he, thing:
2: it's two threes, but it feels like he could have made four or five in this. He's game.
1: wide open. He's yeah. wide open every time he shoots the mm-hmm. ball. Like unless they do that on purpose, because they're like this guy mentally just can't handle it right now. In the starting lineup, trying to prove everything to stay in the starting lineup—that's a lot. I feel like for him right now, so. Anyways, what were we going to say, John? I'm sorry, dude. I think. No, no, no. No,
0: You're good. I, you know, I I was just going to mention that. Where he's been successful is when he has been coming off the bench. You look at his performances, uh, not including tonight from three point land, he's 34% and scoring 9.9 points per game as a starter. Okay. 34% from downtown. If you look at him coming off the bench, he's shooting 38% and scoring 12.4 points per game. So the Cam Johnson the duality of Cam Johnson is obviously when you're playing with the first team unit you're playing against tougher competition he's he draws Zion on on numerous plays tonight and it's going to take him out of his offensive rhythm where that's what Jay Crowder's for unless Jay is unless Monty's got Jay on some kind of minutes restriction or wants him for different uh spurts you know to work within the confines of his rotations I really think that Cam Johnson to the bench is something that it helps the team, but helps Cam. I mean, let mm-hmm. the shooter shoot. Let a, a subpar defender try to guard him rolling off a screen, and we can start to open him back up. I I don't truly know the reason why Monty decided to make that switch. It was against Denver, and I, it's just it's interesting that he made that switch, and it hasn't really garnered the results that anybody has has desired.
2: And I will say this too: I think we've probably all talked about this at one point. Like I'm honestly down to like flip flop the starting lineup a lot this year, but only if it's like consistent. And obviously, right now we're having issues. But again, I wish we could see this team with Dario Sarge at full strength and campaign, and whoever else. Can I point out one positive too? I don't please, know if you guys talked please, about please. it oh, please. <laughs> And I am, I am, I am the highest stock mm. buyer of this guy right now, Abdel Nader. 13 minutes, 11 points, two threes. I am, uh, I'm buying that dude's jersey. <laughs> all right. Look at his turnovers. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. He, he <laughs>
0: led, he led the team in turnover. He had three turnovers tonight. I'm with you though. I love the, the pyramid poppy. Yep. I just Pier- like, it Ooh, I, like that. <laughs> I, I like it because he, he brings a different wrinkle to the offense with our second team unit. That was a challenge we were having. We, we, the second team was doing nothing but jacking up threes and not playing defense, and we oh. were losing games. Once he was inserted into the lineup, he was driving to the hoop. He was causing havoc. He was getting to the line. He was putting them there, he was putting pressure on the defense. And you yeah. know what's not pressure on the defense? A wide open three. I just mentioned it to Matthew before you came on. The Suns are ninth in the league and shooting wide open shots and 25th in the league and making them. So a wide open three doesn't hurt a defense, doesn't put pressure on the defense if you're the Phoenix Suns. Going to the rim like a normal team does.
2: Right, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, this guy he plays hard though, and I really like him. And I was looking at the turnovers, and I was like, Oh, the Suns only had 14 turnovers tonight. And like, if it seemed the like more, would have right? turn- yeah, exactly, like if the Pelicans would have turned the ball over more, I would have forgiven them for that. But the Suns they've been really bad with turnovers, and but I yeah, mean, hey, at least he played good off the bench,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of those turnovers too. So I keep cutting people off. I'm the worst. No, you're this. fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I sound like Dave Arrespo. I'm just joking. um. So I was gonna say a lot of the turnovers are just they're they're crazy to me because some of them, I mean, Chris Paul, what do he have? How many did he have? Just one. But there are some certain okay, he only had one turnover. But I'll there's let some Chris certain Paul times.
2: The ball over. I yeah, I know. Care. There's
1: just some certain passes that him, other players on this team are really trying to force that aren't there. Like they're yep. waiting for something, and the defense can see that. It's like they take forever on certain situations to really get the offense the offense going. And then the defense is already there covering the guy that they're supposed to pass the ball to and nothing's ever there. So they keep turning the ball over that way or else it's deflected. And then it ends up on being like a shot clock violation or them trying to get a nasty shot off before the shot clock ends. So a lot of the offense They're running plays. Nothing is there, really. I know the threes are open, but there's nothing that is going into the paint unless it's like an ISO, unless it's Booker or even Chris Paul in the mid-range. There's just nothing else really there right now I can see from their offense, especially tonight. And, I mean, three games in a row they won. No, it's fine. Three games in a row they won. But they're close games, too, as well. So, thank God we won these. Otherwise, I mean, Monty might be fired right now, right?
2: I know this wasn't really a game changer, but I remember. I think it was maybe in the second quarter. Jay Crowder was like wide open for like twenty minutes, and yeah, I saw you that. Ball. I was like, dude, like that happens that, a lot. And like, I get it. He's not the greatest three point shooter, but I was like, he was just standing there. He could have done a push up, and then yeah. then caught the ball. You know, like it was, it was bad.
0: Well, I'll I'll tell you this, you know, one, Matthew, you're right. You know, this offense is still trying to figure itself out. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that if they hit a couple of those threes, that opens up a lot of offense because all of a sudden you have guys running at our three-point shooters. They can start to cut. I mean, it's just it all flows if you can make your shots. And I that doesn't sound like uh, a genius take. You know, if you make your shots, you're going to play better. A little duh. But, you know, the other thing, and and I'll, I'll go against you on this, Matthew, is I've been watching some basketball outside of the Suns, and I've seen what bad teams look like. I've, I've watched some magic basketball. I watched some uh, – God, who was I watching the other night? And they just kept uh, – some uh, Pistons basketball. Mm. And, yeah, we have turnovers. Mm. And it, But the turnovers that we have, it's like you said, they're forcing the pass and they're trying to make the play. We're not doing dumb turnovers. We're not bouncing the ball off of our foot going out of bounds. We're not throwing it into the stands and nobody because you thought a guy was going to cut. So, and we've been there as Suns fans. We know what that's like. So, <laughs> although we do have those turnovers and they can be issues sometimes because it's a stagnant offense, it's not something that I'm overly worried about because when you watch other basketball teams, you're like, oh, thank God we don't have these kind of turnovers. Mm-hmm. The only game that I felt like really frustrated with our turnovers, whereas the game, and I forget who we're playing, but where the Suns kept driving and they jump up and then they try to do the jump past Eric Bledsoe shit and then they just didn't know where to throw <laughs> it and they throw it about. Like, that's a bad turnover. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they're, not, they're not doing the stupid turnovers. They're, they're doing the high-risk, high-reward turnovers, in my mm. opinion.
1: Well, John, the only reason I brought it up is because we still have this pod going. I was trying to find stuff to think about and talk about, so I just threw that out there. So <laughs> that's why I'm wrong. That's why I looked at Chris Paul's turnovers. It was one turnover, one, and I, you well, but, know, I just. But threw to that out point, there. though, he wasn't necessarily
0: <laughs> engaged in this game. He'd yeah. only had one turnover. It's like it's like Brandon says, like I'll take Chris Paul turnovers because he's trying yeah. to do things with the ball. He had Probably seven tired, shots right? from the field only yeah. four assists and one turnover. He had a negative 20 plus minus. I mean, he wasn't super engaged in this game I and mean, he, he probably is tired. He's been carrying probably this tired. team for the past week and a half.
2: Yeah. Especially since Booker was kind of, you know, he was injured and all that. It's like, he had to step up if he wasn't, I think Suns fans would have been asking to trade Chris Paul, but he really did have a good week. Um, he, like you said, he yeah, carried he the team. There were just games where it was just Chris Paul out there and, Believe it or not, honorable mention, Jay Crowder in a few of those games. But mm-hmm. really, it was Chris Paul all of last week. And I don't know how he didn't win player of the week. He was fantastic. Another thing, too, about this game. I don't know if you guys talked about this already. I was looking at the box score a second ago. Mm-hmm. I, I remember at one point, the Pelicans were two for 12 from three. They raised their three-point percentage and finished the game 42% from three. That's insane. Like, if the Suns would have done that, it would have been a closer game, but obviously that didn't happen. Yeah, we didn't hit anything.
0: They went 6-for-10 in the third and 11-for-19 overall in the second half, whereas the Suns started the game going 4-for-21, and they ended uh, 8-for-35, but three of those came late. So they technically Mm -hmm. only got one extra uh, three-pointer from the starting eight players. You know, once they emptied the bench, they hit, they hit, you know, Javon's hitting them and whatnot. Uh, So (laughs) you were talking about Chris Paul player of the week. Well, it's going to be hard to figure this one out, but who do you guys think is our jam star
2: of
1: the game?
0: So Matthew, who do you give the jam star of the game to in this one?
1: Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nobody i don't wants somebody out there no i don't i mean i'll give booker's third quarter jam there you start go of the game, that, but that's an answer that's that's it booker's third quarter
0: all right sun's geek what do you think
1: first off incredible graphics right there i
2: need to learn how to do that kind of stuff on sun's geek but um you know what i'm gonna <laughs> yeah, come out here and say my answer from earlier abdel nader baby of the game.
1: yeah
0: <laughs> pyramid poppy for jam star of the game that's isn't that sad. Uh, look looking <laughs> <laughs> looking at what some of the, the jamsters in the chat are saying. You got Monty. Grim Monty. Oh, yeah, those are uh, the boogie trend maybe book. Mario Lopez, Nader. So he yeah, agreed with uh, you. <laughs> uh laced bacon, Nadez. I think he meant Nader. Nader. Uh Monty. <laughs> Monty for them trash ass lineups. <laughs> we got we're getting a lot of Nader. Well, we, we
1: don't have a lot of people out there right now. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of nader love. Uh really? I the truthfully the jam star of the game for me has got to be like Matthew, you know, like Matthew, you picked the right one. Like Booker's third quarter to see him kind of get pissed off a mm-hmm. little bit and play well was nice to see. Uh yeah, I don't know. Zion Williamson, like mm. I mean, he had a fucking monster game. He's not a son, but he uh he really made us those these are the kind of games, this is the kind of uh opposition, like I said earlier, like you really have to contemplate if, kind of like what you were saying, Brandon. If, if if you're sitting there and you're interlacing lineups kind of throughout the the season with consistency, I'm all for that. Yeah, like starting cra- Crowder tonight makes sense because you're going against a more physical power forward. Yeah. Cam Johnson is not designed to guard like that. He's he's designed to guard more of your finesse and stretch, you know, three and D guys. And that's, I mean, that, uh, there's so much. Frank so- the Tank. Frank, you know what? Frank did have another amazing. He's been solid, right? star. he's been doing he, as much another, as he can. Seriously, everything it's I mean, his he, sucks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but I don't know, if, 6, 6.7
0: rebounds. Like, I'll take that from Frank. Yeah,
2: sorry to interrupt, but I don't know if you guys saw my channel. Shameless plug here, but Frank Kaminsky had like a historic stat line in like under 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, this dude deserves to have a video about him because. He's been playing pretty good. I don't care if Booker's in the games or not. He's been playing well. People are like, Frank Kaminsky's the worst. It's like, dude, first off, he's not the worst player in the NBA. He might be one of the worst players in the Suns, but he's been playing good. He's been showing why James Jones picked him up again. And he, <laughs>
0: and he what, What's been strange about Frank is he's so much different than how we used him last year. Yeah, He was deployed essentially as the backup four, and he would come in and shoot threes. This year he started, you know, his first couple starts, he was doing that. And then he was asked to play a little bit of the five. And when he it w- what game with the Denver game when Jokic just owned him yep. and overtime DeAndre Ayton had fouled out. He did the spin move on him. He was cooked. He was toast. I'm like, dude, four <laughs> francs. Ever since that moment though. He's really stepped up, not necessarily completely defensively, but he's definitely become an offensive threat. He's he's mm-hmm. hustling, he's he, he's doing his impression of a 7 foot 1 Dario Saric with Dario out, and that's what you need from him right now. And it's been nice to see him actually step up to the plate and execute.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, he's been solid, dude. You can't ask for anything else from him. I think he's just really getting to the spots. And what I love from him, he's actually like improving his awareness around him on offense. I think that he can really find the guy that's wide open. He really takes his time, especially in the post. He's not really forcing anything too crazy. It's like old Frank. It's like he would get in the paint and just throw up a nasty shot or just shoot the three as soon as he touches the ball. But this time he's actually trying to get the offense going. And I think that's why Monty really likes him because he knows his IQs a little bit better this year, especially with the opportunity Monty gave him to come back on the team so
2: or james jones excuse me and my whole thing too is we never know what you know being waived by the sacramento kings did to the guy maybe he was <laughs> like i really need to start stepping up and yeah that's the thing if frank kaminsky played like consistently really well with the hornets like he'd probably be a better player and if we could get that frank mm-hmm. kaminsky that we saw in college who knows what would oh, happen? Yeah. But i actually maybe. am glad he's on this team
1: Maybe it was his plan, though. Maybe it was his plan to really get kicked (laughs) off and then come back to Phoenix, you know? He's the only way he would play. Oh,
0: shitty in Sacramento, <laughs> that I will no longer be part of this team. Uh, up next for the Phoenix Suns, Friday night, 7 p.m., we're playing the Pistons. Uh, this, is a, this is a team that we lost in overtime time to 110 to 105 back on Friday, January 8th. So this is another Friday game. We're going to be playing the Pistons again with those orange uniforms. Uh, I put that poll out there, and I was asking, yeah. you know, who is uh, or what's your favorite or least favorite, I'm sorry. What is your least favorite son's Jersey? And Mm. although the white jerseys that we've worn way too much tonight, one, uh, it was close. Those orange statement edition jerseys, 35% of the Jamsters who voted, uh, said that that was the worst one. So, uh, and if you voted against the purple ones, like what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like, those are beautiful jerseys, and we haven't worn them yet this year. We've worn them once during a preseason game against Utah. I want to see the purple purple nurples back in. Um, but as as we look at that game on Friday, what, what are you guys looking for? A win, hopefully.
1: Consistency.
2: Uh, just consistency and coming out from the gate with energy. Um, not having the Pistons score 40 points in the third quarter or in any quarter. I think that's just unacceptable. Um, maybe a little more bench production. I know that sounds a little cliche, but I think the Suns really need it right now. And just for Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton just to do their thing, that's that's it. That should be the game plan right there.
1: Yeah. I mean, just move the offense around. I don't want so much mm-hmm. iso ball. I think Booker's really doing a good job of trying to get to his spots, but run more plays for him, run more plays for everybody, give DA the ball. I don't know how many times I got to say this every podcast, but just let him touch the ball every possession because mm. he will get more confident as they go. I just, I don't know, man. I can't even think. I don't even care about next game. I just <laughs> say that. Did well, I? Just, I'm sorry. That was that rude. Well, no, that was rude, I mean, right? it,
0: well, it's a frustrating night. We get it. It's not rude. It's, it's hot in my apartment. It's hot well, outside. Open a window. Okay, I know it's I January. The motorcycles
1: are going take by. Take a deep breath.
0: It's true. take a deep <laughs> breath. Put yourself on mute and shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you look at the Pistons, currently 5-16, and 16, 14th in the, in the Eastern Conference, one of the worst teams in the NBA. Uh, their last win was against the Los Angeles Lakers last Thursday. I mean, they're good. That, that proves your point. Suns geek right there. It's like, how strange is the NBA? Mm -hmm. The Pistons suck. Here are their last, uh, here are all their wins on the season. They've won five games, right? They've beat the Boston Celtics, the Phoenix suns, the Miami heat who are struggling, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Los Angeles Lakers. See, those that pass, are the yep. wins for the for the Detroit Pistons.
2: But I will say this: like even in normal circumstances, teams like that can win. Like it's like they beat those good teams, and that's just the NBA. I think even Monty talked about yeah. that recently. Like we need to take every game seriously, which obviously tonight we didn't. And the, you know the Pistons are going to remember what they did to the Suns last time. It's so like that game's not gonna be easy, but we shouldn't be saying that. Like we should be like, oh, the Suns are gonna trounce the Pistons, you know? It's like mm-hmm. I'm and scared if we had won that. tonight, we
1: would have said that.
2: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. yeah, we would have.
1: Yeah. Just like the last game against the Mavericks, it's like they went mm-hmm. on a game winner, which was fantastic, of course. Yeah. But I mean, we we're going to say the Suns are going to win the next game. I think they probably should have lost that game, but Booker's just awesome. I just, I think that when the Suns go into this next game, they got to come out strong. Of course, I'm going to say all this Drum stuff that's not going to happen because that is the way the season is. And mm-hmm. I think it's just the way the NBA is. Cause Dave King went off a couple podcasts ago, basically saying they're going to lose a lot of games, not a lot, but like less than their wins, of course, but they're going to lose some games. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. is the way they're probably going to lose them. You are just underestimating these teams, dude. And, that's just everybody in the NBA right now, so we can't help it. I'm I'm still a Suns fan tomorrow morning, I think.
0: I'm still one right now. I just like I said, man, <laughs> brush right it off. No, I'm not. You got to brush it off, man. I know. Uh, still, so it's for, just hot, for, for for Jam, session, it's hot there. It's hot in here too, man. I just drank a whole double old fashioned. Man, I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling a little <laughs> like left over here, man. I'm, you know, the bright lights, you know, of uh, of doing a podcast. Um, for Suns Jam session predicts. This is something we started doing about five games ago, Suns Geep, where, yep. we, Suns Geep, where we start uh, predicting who's going to win and keeping our record. After this loss, mm. both Matthew and I are now 2-3 uh, and three on the year. Um, so we suck, apparently, at calling
1: Suns games. Uh, Matthew, who wins the next game? Uh, well, I suck because it's peer pressure, basically. But uh, I'd say the Suns win. Okay, Brandon, Who wins?
2: Suns are going to win, but only because they lost this game. It'd probably be vice versa. You know what I mean? The um, Suns yeah. are going to win.
0: Probably not wrong there. And I'm going to agree. I think the Suns are going to beat, come out and beat the Pistons. I think that the plane ride home from New Orleans, uh, they're going to, you know, Chris Paul's probably going to have one of those conversations where he's like, listen, guys, like, I can't carry us the whole season. I need somebody else to help me. Facts. You know, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, I need you guys to hit threes. I want you guys aren't leaving the gym, you aren't leaving the Verizon 5G performance center until you've knocked down 100 threes each before yeah. practice. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, like your
1: freaking threes, six threes, and
0: the team wins. I mean, it's that simple. We take <laughs> enough of them if you're making eight total threes and five of them through the first three and a half quarters it's not a recipe for success especially when you're letting the other team go crazy and and hit all theirs and and, and kudos give credit to where credits do i mean the the pelicans outplayed us tonight okay yeah like i said get this one throw it in the trash as lace bacon says in the chat get in the, get lab. In the lab get mm-hmm. in the lab okay it's time to do that work come out play those pistons know that following the pistons You have a schedule that includes uh, the Boston Celtics on Super Sunday. Then you have those Cleveland Cavaliers, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Magic, and the Brooklyn Nets. So we have a a stretch of seven games at home against Eastern Conference competition. Go out and show them what's up, okay? Because the next road game we have, guess where it's at? Back in New Orleans. So it's time to to get right and to put this one in the rearview mirror. And and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so.
2: (laughs) Don't sleep on that Cleveland team either, man. That's going to be a tough Eastern Conference trip, but hopefully we can turn out good. I mean, I am I I do believe the Suns will win next game. I shouldn't be saying that, you know what I mean? Like I, f- <laughs> I feel like I should have a lot more confidence in saying that. But that Eastern Conference trip is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Hopefully it turns out really well. Hopefully the Suns start kicking themselves in their own ass and we can win that long Eastern Conference trip, but... That's going to be a lot of. There's going to be a lot of good games right there.
1: Yeah, you can trust this team getting back into the lab either. You don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. That's why the post game interviews you don't really want to listen to because oh. you don't know they'll just go straight back to work. They're not going like, to like take time, those time those off. Yeah. yeah, me too. You don't read too much into it. Yeah,
2: because it's true. It's like they do really have to get in the gym and kick their own ass and hit 500 threes and mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: <clears> yeah. So. Uh, not much more, I think, to really talk about this night. Suns lose by 22 points to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they drop to 11 and nine on the season. And if, if if you take a look at the standings in the Western Conference as we sit here and record, uh, they're still sixth. So didn't knock them out of playoff contention or anything. Although it is super early. <laughs> although we're 20 games into a 72 game season, so you're really trying to you're hoping that some consistency starts to uh make itself known and all we're learning right now is the Suns much akin to how they play uh on the court as a team overall is a they're very streaky it's Mm. a team that makes runs and they're doing the same with you know wins and losses so hopefully this is just a one game skid and we don't turn this into a losing streak uh heading into a sunday matchup against the boston celtics uh you know brandon thank you for hanging out with us it's like i said uh Uh, Misery loves company, and and I was really excited that you had the you were able to answer the call and come and hang out with us. Uh, just because you know, Matthew's done and he's tired and sweaty, so I knew we needed
2: some help.
1: Yeah, Um, only on losses you can join us. I appreciate appreciate you guys having me (laughs) on.
2: You know, you guys know me, my schedule's all over the place, but I'd I'd love to come on more, especially in losses like this. Because I wanted to do a rant video, but I was like, why? What's the point? And then all of a sudden. I'm on the Suns Jam Session podcast, which if you're not subscribed, by the way, everyone go subscribe to the Suns Jam Session podcast on the bright side of the Sun Network.
0: We we appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) Give us a thumbs up on this video. smash the like button. Please, yeah, Hulk smash the like button. We appreciate it. My son,
2: up, geek fans know what that is. <laughs>
0: we're, up, we're up over 500 subscribers on YouTube. So, hey,
2: you know, God we're working our way.
0: Blood. What are you at, like 3,700 now?
2: <laughs> I think 1 million, 2 million.
0: Jeez, I, can't, nice. I can't
2: keep track. <laughs> A true celebrity amongst
0: us. Is this pod
1: so, still going on?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, Matthew. Sorry. <laughs> oh, welcome oh, hey, welcome what's back, up, dude? <laughs> but, you know, we, we appreciate everyone for hanging out with us again. Brandon, thanks for coming on. Thanks uh, for having rem- me on. Remember, if you're if you are listening, go ahead, subscribe, rate and review. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, join us whenever we go live after Suns game. So we'll be going live right after that Pistons game on Friday. Uh, again, if, if you if you're hanging out with us, you are a true Suns fan, uh, especially after an ass kicking that we just went through. So uh, make sure you follow the. The show at Suns Jam on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter
1: at Matthew Lizzie.
0: And that's it, guys. My drink's done. It's time to go to bed. So take care, Jamsters. Have a good night. All
1: right, Suns Geek. Thank Have you for joining us. Yep, Have thank a good night, you guys. Everyone I appreciate home. it. Thank you guys. <laughs> Everyone, go home and shank your family. Oh, just
2: one of them days. When I wanna be all alone, it's just one of them days When I gotta be all alone, it's just one of them days